You're listening to Create Wealth Through Franchising, and I'm your host, Kim Daly. In my 20 years as a franchise consultant, I've helped hundreds of people achieve their dreams of building and scaling franchise businesses to create wealth. The interview you're about to hear can also be found on my YouTube channel, where I post new franchising content multiple times per week. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and to my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Kim Daily TV. Today, I have a friend who's also a franchisee now joining us. His name is Nick Costco. Nick, welcome to Kim Daily TV. Hey, it's an honor to be here. I'm excited to, to serve your audience any way I can. Yeah. So guys, so Nick and I are friends. We have investments outside of franchising together. And Nick was a pilot um, turned, I think I, what you can tell your own story, Nick, but I'll tell what I know about you. I think he's a quality of life junkie. <laughs> so I think he realized, I think he realized like, like the rest of us, actually, uh, he was just man enough to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, maybe, you know, the uh, W-2 flying world wasn't going to get him where he wanted to be. So he started looking for passive real estate investments. And that uh, led him and I to each other because I was looking for those same type of investments. And then when we got to know each other, he said, hmm, something about that franchising is intriguing. And so now he diversified his passive revenue or revenue stream into a franchise. And he is the proud franchise owner of a Smash My Trash franchise, and right. he's here to just share a little bit about his story and talk about the triumphs and tragedies of the early startup days as a franchisee and the learning curve. So welcome to the conversation, Nick. Uh, how did I do with talking about your background? <laughs> That's awesome. I, you are correct. Um you know, I look at exchanging time for money, working an eight to five, obviously flying airplanes is not an eight to five job, but you know, I had a dream job, frankly, I was flying a 747 around the world. Um, but it's really, in my opinion, no way to live. Um, I really like my, uh, I love my wife and four kids. I, I really like sleeping in my own bed and I knew there had to be a better way, uh, to life. And like my five-year-old, my youngest, who's always asking why I just wanted to know why, why and how people were living the way they were, like on kind of uh, across the tracks, you know, so to speak. And not that we were in a poorhouse or anything. I just felt like a slave to my job. And um, so as a perennial or uh, almost like addicted to growth and development, uh, one thing's led to another. And you and I had a, 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 frankly, I don't know if you recall this, one of my our early exchanges, I asked you, um, about this, I sent you a text about this, this, uh, it was really a retail shop, uh, franchise and it was a CBD oil franchise. And I sent you this text and you go, why the heck would you want to be in retail is what you were, because you had already figured out about, about us and how timely was that? It was amazing timing. Had I got into the retail space as we were, I mean, everybody knows what happened in 2020 to the retail space. We would have been napalmed. And uh, it was really God intervening, uh, you being the, 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 uh, the, the hands and feet, God working to serve us. And you were just, you had enough 
and tell some fortitude and courage and confidence to just ask us the questions that we needed to be asked so that we would find the right fit for us. And that was frankly, um, the best gift that you could, could have given us in that moment. Let's just point out the obvious before we talk a little bit about smash my trash, but let's talk about the create tailwind background behind you. What is create tailwind? Let's give a shout out. Well, yeah, we just show people, uh, entrepreneurs, free thinkers, high net worth people, how to be your own banker. Banks are always the nicest building in town. Uh, what, what's that process? You know, I love talking about how do we become tax invisible? How do we get our passive income to meet or exceed our ideal standard of living? I chose to get out of bed and do this today. I don't have to anymore. So many people that I meet say, I just never knew. I never thought about a franchise because most people, when they think of franchise, think Subway or like yeah. some retail shop, right? And they they know as high net worth people or as investors, they don't want to do that. So they dismiss franchising. And then along comes Kim Daly, <laughs> who says, <laughs> as That's my 15 right. year old likes to say when I ask him a question and the answer is no. <laughs> funny yeah so okay so you end up saying yes to a kim daly favorite uh smash my trash so what has that ramp up been like then when did you actually um open i know it was some time from signing to opening because you had to order that truck and there was some you know everything's everything is behind because of 2020. So tell, tell the audience a little bit about, you know, your expectations versus what happened, what you've learned, where you are now. In my personality profile, it says I'm an Olympian. Um, so like, there's no limits to how I'm going to think. Um, that means that I can run, you know, a, a mile and what it should take to be a hundred yard dash. So my, my, uh, and, and you know, what's funny is my business partner has the same stinking thing in his profile. So, um, our expectations are extremely difficult to be met. So right then and there, um, you're dealing with two personalities that, you know, it's, it's just not simple, right? It's a very simple process. It's just not easy. We're trying to figure out what Nick is saying. It means that his expectations are super fat. Everything should happen fast. It should have happened yesterday. That's right. <laughs> and there's no patience for the process. <laughs> that's right. And and that's just not realistic. I mean, I understand that. So here we do. We sign the uh, the franchise agreement. Uh, we're right in the middle of a, a global economic disaster, supply chain. You know, part of our truck, our trucks are made in Canada. The the smash rig that goes on it is made in Germany. Anybody that's ordered anything, what, you know, on Amazon Prime, it used to be next day or two day. What is it now? Five day, maybe, you know, like it's, you know, and that could be coming from down the street, right? So imagine getting, you know, a quarter million dollar piece of machinery into operation, right? So that took a long time. Um, we didn't launch for almost a year later. We launched this year. So what are we in our seventh month of operation right now? And um, so just from a patient's perspective, getting people like, listen, my aviation background tells me, hey, when we get in the airplane, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to do it very efficiently and a very high degree. And then with high degree of certainty, I'm going to wind up maybe after an 11 hour flight landing with about the amount of fuel I predicted I would land with when I was sitting in an office in another continent. All right. My, my expectation bias, my training of doing that for 20 plus years, it's a cute idea in the business world, <laughs> but you know, it's, that's not it. Right. So, you know, you have to be flexible. You have to be willing to, 
maybe you rewrite the book every day. Um, that getting over that, uh, easier said than done. Um, and then right off the bat, Kim, we made, um, a, not a fatal mistake. We made a big mistake. We hired the wrong person. And I tell you what, like, you know, people make it, make the machine go. And, um, right off the bat, we thought we had a home run of a person in there. And so not only was our expectations way off in our timeline, then we really got smacked with the wrong person, but Hey, you got to hire slow fire fast. So that's what we did. And, uh, now we're on the right track. Now our expectations are much more in line. The, the community of owners, uh, within the franchise, frankly, make it go. Um, those are phenomenal relationships that have allowed us to frankly persevere and, you know, weather the storm. Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're inspired by this conversation, I invite you to email me right now to explore this franchise opportunity. My email is inquire at kimdaily.tv. A big part of investing in a franchise, really, I mean, I'm, I'm talking people down from widgets every single day and getting them focused on people, on leadership, on validation from existing franchise owners. So Tell, tell us a little bit more about the importance of that support structure for you. Look, you and your business partner are extremely successful people. Your business partner has multiple businesses, right? So here you are starting this business talking about potentially fatal mistakes. So like other people who this is their first time you've owned a business, guys, I, I want you to hear that. Not that we're trying to be Debbie Downers today in any way. This is just no. a real validation conversation, right? That like things don't always go at the timeline we want. It's sometimes you have to try certain things to realize it's not the right thing. You have to be willing to fail in order to succeed. That's part of the learning curve. Experience is the only teacher. I don't care who you are or how much experience you have doing other things. If this is your first time running this business, it's your first time. And the only way you're going to learn is through your own experience. So let's talk about the value of that support, the support network from the other franchise owners, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Our business model, the way it was sold to us um, or taught to us was, hey, you've got this fixed factory, fixed commercial building that's got this roll-off dumpster, this 30, 40-yard can. And you're going to show up to it you know, two times a week, three times a week, whatever it is. And it's going to be a very fixed cost and you're going to be able to route efficiently. Well, what's happened? What's exploded? So like the proof of that business model, I think was from like 2017, 2018, somewhere around there. And what's happened? Well, construction has exploded, right? Like go to a town that doesn't have all kinds of apartments and senior living and neighborhoods just exploding, right? Well, guess what they all have? They all have dumpsters sitting at them. And a lot of these businesses, uh, unfortunately, they're not producing the materials that they were, right? There's also been a real um, impact on the hauling companies taking note of our presence, okay? Nationwide. Like, Smash My Trash was the number one, I think, you can correct me, Kim, but I believe it was the number one selling franchise in 2020, all right? So when you, yeah, when you flood, like, I think it's 130 plus territories with this business model, guess what? The big haulers, they take notice because 
Frankly, we're cutting their halls in half. That's our business model. So guess what? They get a little grouchy about it. All right. Well, those haulers, they actually don't like the construction business because the turnover of the cans are actually pretty low. All right. So we go from this pricing model out at these commercial industrial facilities that that's what we were like attacking headlong with right off the bat. And we're met with a tremendous amount of resistance. Well, a couple schools of thought there, you know, wherever there's great resistance comes great opportunity, right? Like obstacles are just opportunities in disguise. You have to hammer at that. Okay. But guess what? You've got these other opportunities out here in the construction market. And so uh, we're all writing the book again. I mean, the franchise or um, they're not, they're not giving us pricing guidance. They're giving us like really wide berth of guidance. Okay. But they're kind of like, yeah, here's some issues, so to speak. All right. It's not like Chick-fil-A telling you, hey, the, the burger costs $4.99 or whatever. It's, it's different. So you're trying to figure out the routing, the costing. That truck gets seven miles a gallon. It costs me about a hundred, little over a hundred bucks an hour to operate. And we're driving all over the place now finding construction sites. Well, how do we figure out how to effectively price that and not write our own book? The network of owners. The, no, the, the person that I've become great friends with that's in um, St. Louis that has one of the largest home builders in the country under contract right now, smashing like hundreds of homes worth of dumpsters. She's just way smarter than I am at figuring out that pricing model. So why the heck do I got to try to outsmart her? How about I just, how about we just talk? And then you know what? I'm in like a feverish battle to try to figure out how to give back to her. Right. So then we're, we're giving back to her in other ways, other tactics, strategies. Right. So what's great is the ownership through this very dynamic time, the smash, the smash franchise corporate has gone through a tremendous amount of growth. Everyone's growing insanely fast. And so the owners have really done a great job of bonding together. We have our own message board chats. Um, I've actually got multiple <laughs> smash franchise owners that are clients now. Um, we're helping each other. I mean, you got owners lending other owners their spare truck because of the supply chain stuff. You got guys selling their their truck order slot because, hey, they're not ready for their third truck, but they know this guy doesn't even have one truck. I mean, that's pretty awesome. You know, like people aren't gouging each other. Like there's a whole network of, hey, you're supposed to get paid for referrals. Um, I think you can make 10, 15% on these referrals. To my knowledge, no one is paying each other for them. They're just literally, everyone's like, here, you need to call this guy. You can piggyback off of our deal in this market, tell that corporate. I mean, I've frankly never been around something that generous. You think of, you know, it's portrayed, Kim, that business owners are these rich, greedy people, right? It's really, it's like completely the opposite of that, frankly. That is the spirit of franchising, Nick. I, I yeah. find, I have found that for 20 years in our industry. It's one of the things that I picked up on right out of college when I, you know, answered that classified ad that literally changed my life for that franchise consulting company. And 
It's why so many of us who found a home in franchising early on have stayed. Like we say, it's a very incestual industry because once you're in it, you you yeah. might like outgrow that company. You might move to another franchise or right, but you don't leave because it's hard to find another place where truly it is people helping people every single day. I want to share one other thing with your audience about uh, about one little lesson that I learned, and it's about grit. Um. You got to have grit to be a business owner. It, it's not for the faint of heart to um, get smacked in the mouth and quit. We hired the wrong person. And after almost two months, we had a whopping $975 of revenue. That's not how we drew it up. Okay. It, it was projected that you might even be cl close to breaking even after the second month. And we were like a few continents away. That guy quit in an email on a Saturday night. I mean, the, the lowest way, frankly, you could do that. And on Monday morning, I woke up at like 3.30 in the morning, which that's even early for me. And with focused intensity, completely evaluated whether or not we had a viable business or not. That was the biggest question I had to ask because... If, if we didn't have a viable business, then I was just going to, we were going to set the truck on fire, so to speak that day. All right. But by four o'clock that afternoon, not only did I, had I figured out after I got in my own car and drove around, like we had handed the keys to this guy, the whole thing, my partner and I had turned our attention to doing what we love to do outside of that. I didn't know where my customers were, never met any of them, couldn't tell you one name. I could, I'd never met my driver before. I think I'd seen my truck one time, like we were unplugged. And by the end of that day, I'd had lunch with my driver. Um, I had met with a very, very knowledgeable person in our market. And I had gone and all but physically accosted the guy that we, I got to say yes to me to be our sales guy, who's one of the top salespeople you'd ever want for anything. And over the next couple of months, I think to, to this point now, what are we like four or five months later, we've increased our revenue, like I think 8,000, 9,000%. And, and we're on the path now to profitability and having the business we want, but just don't get into business thinking you're not going to take one in the, in the ear hole. You know, it's, it, you're going to get smacked around and it's, it's, what do you do? when that happens. So there's so many life, there's so many things I want to interject. I mean, it's so, this is so great. Like the number one thing I'll say to that comment is that no business is truly absentee. No matter how semi-absentee it is, he admitted he was unplugged. Unplugged probably wasn't a good thing, right, Nick? That's right. Yeah. You can be semi-absentee, but you can't be absentee. This is not a transaction like real estate. A business is a living, breathing, dynamic thing. Something else that Nick commented about, like he bought into one model that by the time he had his equipment, everything had changed. Do you panic? Do you say, oh my gosh, do you quit because it's harder than you thought it was going to be? Or do you get that grit? Do you do you put your head down? You dig deep and say, we signed up to do this. There's got to be a way to make it work. And you know what? In the end, you're going to be stronger for that because when the other way that the way that you first bought in may come back, now you've got this other diversified clientele that you now have, and you're going to be that much stronger when the whole thing comes back.
nobody wants it to be hard. I mean, come on. Like as I, we started this conversation, it's like you're you're a quality of life guy, right? You don't want it to be hard. No one's saying yes to hard, but that's part of the deal, right? For every blessing, there's always a little burden. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Nick. I love you so much. So this from the Olympian guy, right? This from one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life who can sit here today and tell you in real, in his own words, it's hard. It's harder than he thought it was going to be. Experienced business people, it's harder than they thought it was going to be, but it didn't crush him. It didn't kill him. It made him stronger. He's going to be better for it. Yeah, no doubt. So we, we've shared a little bit about the difficulties of ramping up a new business in a pandemic. We've talked about the um, amazing opportunity that you found in the network with the other franchisees. So to sum up your first year as a franchise owner, what would you say to those people who are watching this video who maybe are now more concerned about starting a business in this tough time? What would you say to them? It's, it's about perseverance, right? Nothing, nothing worth having comes easy, right? If you want easy, do your eight to five, work for somebody else, um, listen to your money babysitter, put money in a good growth stock mutual fund. And, and when you want to retire, which I've never found the word retirement in the Bible, um, you know, you can sit somewhere and, and hope that you don't run out of money. Um, that doesn't get me out of bed. Um, if you want to have all and more that you ever dreamed of, you're going to have to go bust through some walls. Um, any business ownership is going to require a hammer, a sledgehammer, a truck at some point to get through a wall. Um, those that do it, they'll win. Um, you know, failures are, I don't say, I don't even know what that word is because you only fail if you quit. And so you just keep falling forward, find a way, some way, somehow you keep one oar in the water. Some days you're going to have two oars in the water and it's going to seem like you got a, you got a rushing river pushing you down. But the reality of it is some days you got one oar in the water and the stinking water is coming the wrong way, but you just don't quit. This is one moment in time and this too will pass. And like you said, sometimes it's hard, but then sometimes it's easy. Thank you so much, Nick, for being my guest today on Kim Daily TV. Yeah, I really enjoy the candor. I enjoy the sincere, you know, honesty about, you know, just how hard it can be. But I also always appreciate your positive attitude and outlook on life. That's why I love to call you my friend. So for those of you who this conversation has inspired and you're ready to begin your own investigation into how you can take control of your own future, you know that I want to be your daily coach. Please leave a comment below or reach directly out. And until next time, I am Kim Daly. If you found this inspiring, please contact me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My consulting services are totally free to you. Again, that email is inquire at kimdaily.tv. I can't wait to hear from you.